and welcome to Freaky Trigger and the Lollards of Pop. I'm Elisha Sessions. Coming up on our program today, Frank Kogan reenacts some of his old favorite old television shows from deep in a in some kind of sunken spaceship or something. It sounds a little bit like this. I think of the theme song. We'll be hearing the new song from Willow Smith. Yes, that's the actor and erstwhile rapper Will Smith's nine-year-old daughter. And we'll be talking about the songs that we liked as kids. Uh, with me in the studio today are Alex Campbell in the red corner. Hello. Magnus Anderson in the blue corner. Hello. And Alex McPherson is... Away. The boy in the corner or something. I don't know where he is. He needs to go to, go to the naughty corner, I think, for a little while. Uh, he might be here um, at some point. That was a grime crossover reference for you guys, by the way. Um, I, yeah, apolo- I, I really it. apologize for that. <laughs> Um, before we get into Willow Smith and Frank Kogan and all that, uh, let's just take a minute for this poll that I put up on Freaky Trigger. Uh, this was probably the least popular poll in the history of people putting polls up and answering them. Um, I mean, I put up like 10 YouTube videos of pop songs by children and asked which one people like best. Now, there were eight votes, okay? There were eight votes. Well, that's because you gave people half an hour's work. <laughs> what, what, to watch all the videos? Yeah, to watch all the videos. That's ten times three minutes. How, how many did you get through, Magnus? I thought it would be unfair if I sullied my view by watching them. <laughs> okay, that, sorry, I'm just going to... What we're talking about is on, on freakytrigger.co.uk. There was, a, there was a poll, and I guess uh, uh, Magnus um, didn't, wanted to remain completely unbiased. Exactly. Right, uh, so you didn't watch them. Did you vote? I didn't vote because I hadn't seen them. <laughs> right. Well, that's that's honest, at least. I mean, eight votes, you guys. Alex, did you did you vote? I must have been out of the country at the time. I mean, I could have gone down onto the street in front of my house and like and I don't know. Then everyone half an hour of videos. Yeah, or like just I don't know, like peed on the corner. I could have gotten a bigger <laughs> audience than like eight people. You know. So I don't know. I'm going to tell you who won. By the way, uh, well, first I'll tell you. I'll tell you who the uh, the the contestants were. It was Chris Cross with Warm It Up, Willow Smith with Whip My Hair. It was Smoosh, Free to Stay, KC with Paradise, uh, S Club Juniors with One Step Closer, which I was told was uh, some people wanted a different option there. Maybe that's why there were only eight. Otherwise, you know, we would have had like uh, you know five thousand votes. Um, Breeze, My Heart Goes Boom. You guys you guys remember Breeze? Oh, no. Well, we can talk about them a bit later. Uh, Aaron Carter with Shake It and Old Skull. That's the, uh, that's the, uh, the, the punk band of, of young people that, uh, got real big on the, uh, Sonic Youth opening band circuit, uh, back in around 1990. Now, they got zero votes. Aaron Carter <laughs> got zero votes. Breeze got zero. In fact, a lot of people got zero votes because there were only – did I tell you there were eight votes? <laughs> eight votes. Um, the winner was, uh, was, was Chris Cross actually and, um, you know, uh, we're, I feel sort of almost obligated, uh, you know, to play it a little bit. So uh. <laughs> – 
middle. Suckers, how it's done. Who we have here? Can I get some levels here, Lex? Hi. Yeah, yeah. that's that's Alex Alex McPherson. He just uh, just came through the door. Um, hope everything was all right with your uh, your commute there. Uh, nothing was all right with my commute there. <laughs> um, we've just come up to your song. Actually, uh, we we were going through this poll uh, that got eight responses, um, and you're just listening to the winner there. Um, but uh, now we're actually onto music that we ourselves selected rather than the crowd. Um, so I, personally, I think it's going to take a lot to, to to get over that bar there. I mean, I think that's a pretty high bar with Warm It Up. This next song is is your song. You, you chose it, you chose to bring this in, Lex. Uh, it's it is our hot pop bunker buster chart climbing sizzle piece mm. for this week, and uh, it's from you. Let's just before we talk about it, let's just. Um, Let's just uh, give it a listen. Back and we burn her and just shake them off. 
I mean, I was trying to whip my hair back and forth actually there while we were listening to the song, and it, I was finding it hard because I, you know, I don't have long hair, but she says you can do it with short hair. Yeah, um, she's all inclusive. Um, I think um, she means that whipping your hair is a state of mind. Um, it's something you do when it's just a show of confidence, basically. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you haven't gotten your hair all like elaborately straightened and 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 like lengthened and and stuff. You can still still do it. Um, you can do what, the next best thing, I guess, which is sort of shake your head back and forth. Yeah, um, well, and, kind of a, it's kind of a headbang. It's yeah. the return of the headbang. <laughs> um, she's dressed it up with hair. That's misleading to people with short hair. It's, it's going to look weird. She's nine years old. You have to give her a little leeway for nine years old. So that means she was born in... 2000. <laughs> she will be 10 in October. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, what, so, what, so, what do you like that, about that song? You know, besides the obvious, you know, attraction of whipping your hair back and forth. Like, so why, why did you, why did you decide to bring it in? Well, when you first hear it, you don't actually realise it's a nine-year-old. Um, for those not aware, the, this particular nine-year-old is Willow Smith, um, Will Smith's daughter. Yeah. Um, and it fo- this follows in the footsteps of his twelve-year-old son starring in a kung fu film. 
release this year. Oh, so. Not just not just any kung fu film. It was the remake of Karate Kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about Karate Kids. Or it, films, it was a film which was remade recently. So it's a big film. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a great film. And it had uh, a series of sequels, including one... Uh, I mean, they, they made Karate a Kid 2, with the, Karate Kid 3. With, uh, Karate Kid 2 had uh, Ralph Macchio in it again. Karate Kid 3, I think, was the one where they replaced him with a girl. Magnus, I never Magnus. I didn't know you were going to bring so much Karate Kid knowledge. <laughs> yeah. well, the, the Smiths are clearly sending their kids up the showbiz chimney from an early age, um, and my appreciation of the song is largely dependent on my faith in Will Smith's parent, parenting skills. Yeah, I because it, because it, you often hear every, whenever there's like a real young kid, you know, coming out with a, a song, a pop song, the, you ten, tend to read a sort of flurry of articles about how it's immoral, uh, you know, it's wrong. Uh, that nothing can prepare them for the the horrors of uh, you know singing a song with the microphone in front of people, and uh, yeah, that seems to be missing this time. Do you think it's because people trust Will Smith? Is that is that it? Well, his public image is one of um, sort of saying person. He, he's not sort of some Michael Lohan or you know whoever um, or Britney Spears' dad. He's not some some someone who's clearly who clearly needs to live off that also. Well, there. I mean, I, I ask you because there, there was this. There was this. Uh, I mean, if you don't remember the Karate Kid, Lex, then you're definitely not remember this band. Uh, but there was a there was this one hit. One well, they didn't. It wasn't even a hit really. I think it crashed and burned like in the sort of lower sixty of the uh, of the charts. But there was this band called Breeze, which was a group at B R E Z E. Which was a group of schoolgirls, and uh, they made a video and a song, and it basically failed to make a dent. But it, it, Pete Waterman at the time, uh, the pop pro- of the pop-producing powerhouse stock, Aiken and Waterman, uh, said, "This is the most difficult job in the world. This is the most difficult job in the world. Uh, pop music. Nothing can prepare them for the downside of this business." <laughs> and then he follows that up with. You know, you can imagine a lot of things when somebody says that the downside of this band. I mean, we've all seen the behind the music for uh, ice tea, uh, ice you know, pff, vanilla ice. You know, he says nothing can prepare them for the downside of this business. You cannot teach a child about the feeling of a record only reaching thirty-one in the charts. <laughs> <laughs> and which, it, I mean, it's hilarious, but it's kind of true, really. I mean, the come down must be massive after you know after these kids. And but Breeze's Svengali, the guy behind them, this guy Bill Kimber, who was a producer for Bucks Fizz and Eurythmics and Bow Wow Wow, among others, said uh, he he disagreed, and he said kids aged three and four stand in front of the mirror and dream about being pop stars. Uh, no one makes these accusations about children who play the violin, which is, I mean, that's kind of true, isn't it? Why do people be, why are people so uncomfortable about kids being... It is totally true. I mean, in the classical music world, you've um, got a long tradition of child prodigies. Um, yeah. And that goes with the performance aspects of it as well, which is... Or child actors, you know, there's a lot of child actors. No, nobody says, like, oh, go, oh my God, what somebody think of it? Well, they kind of do, because child actors, have, you've got Drew Barrymore, who went off to the at nine... Um, and was back on them by, she, by the time she was an adult. So yeah, but they, they, at least people wait till after the fact to yeah. wring their hands about child actors. With child pop stars, it's sort of it's this preemptive kind of yeah. I don't know. I guess there's a sense that there's the, uh, an apparent corporate machine which is only using them as a product, whereas there's probably a bit more communication between the audience and, and the performer when it's an actor. You actually know what the, the actor is doing, what they're saying, what they're like. When it's someone in this sort of really quite sexualized industry that's being put up on the stage and they're being used to make money for a producer. So it's sort of like the fact that it's a commo- that, that pop music is bought and sold in a way that like, these, like being a violin player isn't or something? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, I suspect it might even happen 
happen if a violin player started really knocking out number one albums and so on? And then suddenly there'd be the, this sort of sense of, oh, well, who are they going out with now? Is it that rugby star? That sort of thing. Well, th- this, this, all, this brings us around to Alex's song, um, which uh, go. let's see, I think it goes a little something like this. You're dynamite. You're dynamite. Dynamite. Hey, baby, when you kiss it, dynamite. Hey, baby, when you hug it, hold it tight. I just explode like dynamite. If I might. I mean, I don't know what exactly you want to say about this, but I, the, the, the first thing that occurred to me is, like, she's saying in 1957, like, basically far dirtier stuff than mm-hmm. Willow Smith is saying in 2010. Well, yeah. that depends on your interpretation of Whip My Hair, which is quite a certain phrase, which I don't think Willow Smith knows the traditional meaning of, but that's... Well, I don't think I, don't think I do either. Can you enlighten us? I mean, we're, it's pre-Watershed, so use good <laughs> language here, but... Uh, um, it's usually uh, whip, whipping your hair is usually something that you do. The motion of it is indicative of um, of the throes of ecstasy. It is, yes. <laughs> Will I really <clears throat> come on? Someone should have said something to her. Yeah. Actually, I suspect she does know. Now she's nine. Well, somebody's <laughs> told her. You know, <laughs> boy. It's an irresponsible invitation to next train. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. This, this, uh, this, um, the original. This is the original Miss Dynamite, by the way. That's, yeah. That's uh, Brenda Lee, yeah, little little, little Miss Dynamite. And I mean, she was born in 1944. So she was 13. Yeah. At the time she's singing that, which I mean, I think that's uh, we sort of touched on it. Why? Why is it kind of more pressure on child singers than child actors? And I sort of think it's because um, they're they're acting much older than they actually are a lot of the time and being put in situations where they're kind of adult behaviours. And mm-hmm. I think you get that less with actors because 
you can see them and you know how old they are. And they're supposed to be playing a role, which is the role of a kid. Not, yeah. Not the... Whereas with a singer, it's a lot less. It's a lot more blurry. They're, are they acting this part, which happens to be much more adult, or is it actually them? And are they being put in fun, in compromising positions? But it's, but it's part of the. I mean, it's part of the appeal, uh, isn't it? I mean, there's. I feel. I mean, not in some kind of dirty way, but. It's funny, this line that gets walked, like the young Michael Jackson, for instance, he was like, what, I don't know, eight, nine years old, and he's singing these incredibly sort of powerfully adult-sounding lyrics, and there wasn't any, I don't, I didn't feel like there was anything kind of, I don't know, creepy about that, but it's part of the appeal. People are like, wow, that's amazing that he can do that, you know? Children dressing up as something older than them is a novelty, and it's funny, and I think that was part of the thing with Brenda Lee, was that she sounded like an adult, like the quality of her voice sounded like a very mature voice well and that's that a good point what, yeah that was the thing it was like wow she sounds like an adult but she didn't need to be singing very adult lyrics to still sound like she had an adult voice if you follow me yet she was that's Which, pretty much what i took from that brenda lee song as well because you'd listen to it and you wouldn't necessarily guess she was 13 and that's the remarkable thing about the willow smith songs oh you wouldn't necessarily guess she was nine from it i wouldn't mm. not at all actually um, in fact the willow smith song leaked the same day as rihanna's new single and which it, is called? Is, is, what's Rihanna's new single called? Only Girl in the World. It's okay. rubbish. Um, <laughs> which is it's quite funny because the Willow Smith song sounds like something that Rihanna should be doing. Yeah. And the thing that Rihanna has is actually doing fails to match up to what a nine year old <laughs> nine year old's take on Rihanna is. So there been some kind of mind swap between the two. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> Let, let's not not hope in every way. <laughs> Lex, you brought in another song. Um, which one would you like to hear? You've got the CD here. Um, tell me which track to put on. Number three? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's give this a listen. We're not going to tell you what it is. We're just going to listen to it.
like my daddy cause I'm daddy's little girl When I walk up in the spot, upgrades the room And if you're standing next to me, I will upgrade you too My mama keep me flawless and my daddy keep me paid They know I get lawless when I don't get my way I get what I want and I fight till I wait Wait, what I want for my birthday? A laptop and a bed I'm sorry, but I mean, I just, this song, it's like, it's brought out my inner prude. It's crazy. It's like, I'm listening to this girl talk about shorty this and shorty that. I'm like, shouldn't be saying those words, you know? And what? She, 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 for her birthday, she wants a laptop and a Benz. No, no, you get a My Little Pony like all the other little girls. You know what I mean? I think you're just afraid of your own kids asking for the same thing no, if not. they listen to that. No, I'm not. I know, look, yeah, I can handle that. I can handle that. I quite like the lyric about when she walks up in the club, she'll upgrade you too. She's nine years old. I, no, I like that line, I have to yeah. say. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, but so tell us who this is, Lex. Um, those were the OMG girls, with a Z on the end, obviously. Um, they're a four-piece girl group. Well, I think they're three-piece, but at the time recording that song, they were four-piece. Mm-hmm. Um, one of whom is T.I.'s daughter, and one of whom is Lil Wayne's daughter. Mm-hmm. So like the Will Smith's daughter earlier, um, it's clearly the progeny of rap um, superstars. Yeah. Who, who, I, I, I would bet that, you know, I would just imagine that their parents, I don't know, maybe pulled a few strings, maybe at the record company to get them, you know, heard. Just a little bit. Yeah. The thing, the vibe I get with the OMG girls is that they're, they're kind of doing this for fun rather than sort of launching an all out assault on the charts. Um, they sort of quietly did release that song sometime last year. And, oh, right. All right. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe and, I'll and, come around. And they're three piece now because Lil Wayne has withdrawn his daughter, allegedly because he feels that she needs to get his call instead. So, wait, wait, because what now? Um, he feels that she needs to go to school instead. Oh, she needs, well... <laughs> she she is the one rapping about getting lap- laptops and Benzes for her birthday, so maybe <laughs> he well, heard her lyrics and was like, no, 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 back yeah. to school with you. Man, little Wayne. Never knew he was going to be such a good dad. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, anyway, that was very interesting. Thank you very much, Lex. Um, the, the, the next bit here, um, last night I managed to get a hold of Frank Kogan, uh, deep... In his mountainous redoubt in Denver, Colorado. Um, now, look, I apologize in advance for the way that his voice sounds. I have no idea how this happened. So, sorry, Frank, uh, but it sounds like you're speaking from inside an electrified submarine or something. Um, the reverb, I mean, I got to tell you, the reverb effect is really amazing, actually. It has the mystique. What, what's that? It has the mystique. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, pop groups could really take a page from this book. I mean, if you want to. You know, for like a real decaying kind of post-industrial, you know, vibe, just record your album through like a really 
crappy five-year-old USB Skype phone. I think they call it auto. I think they call it auto tune these days. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I don't have that, but I do have the Skype phone, and I mean, I can lend you one if you want. Pop groups out there, you can totally, you can totally have it. Um, anyway, he's written this guy Frank Kogan has written very thoughtfully about teen music in a variety of venues for many years. But in this case, I was interested in what kinds of music he remembers being attracted to as a child himself. The first music that might have had an impact on me was TV music. The stuff like, um, like the very first, like we got a TV when I was five years old. We hadn't had one before. And then I watched it over at friend's house or so on. But we had it, our antenna hadn't been hooked up really, so we could only get one station. And that station happened to be playing Perry Mason. And so that's what we watched. And, it, I, and my mother said, you wouldn't normally be able to watch this show because it has murders in it. I don't want you to watch shows that have murders in it. But I got to watch it that one time. And anyway, the Perry Mason show has this amazing um, theme to it. I, I forget who wrote it. But and I mean, I don't know if it had an impact on me that particular, the first time we saw it. But when I think of Perry Mason, I don't just think of the show, I think of the theme song. And it's kind of like you're pinned back in your chair just hearing music. It's just really menacing music that kind of promises so much. I didn't tend to watch kids' shows. There really wasn't that much kids' television except Saturday morning cartoons. And um, I guess The Lone Ranger was probably aimed at kids. Um, and I watched that, and that had the William Tell Overture was its theme song. So, um, you know, um, and all that. I remember Rawhide. That was, that, that was tremendous in another way. And it's almost kind of like it split the difference between um, Perry Mason and um, the Lone Ranger because it went um, sort of like rolling, 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 keep them doggies rolling, rawhide. And it kind of, um, it had not menace, but a certain kind of dramatic promise to it. There's a fellow, you know, I I think I'm getting his name right. Um, I'm Charles Keel. He wrote a book called Urban Blues and a bunch of other things. And um, I remember 10 or 15 years ago reading a whole bunch of stuff where he was really um, complaining about the fact that, yes, you have a lot of kids involved in music, listening to music, involved in the life of the music, but not a lot of them playing the music as in being able to play an instrument. The conventional thing is, yes, you learn to play the flute and you take music lessons, whereas actually there are a lot of kids who learn to be DJs, and I think a lot of kids who enter the music by way of dancing. And, you know, and, um, and that, to me, counts as music. Dancing is definitely, you know, um, you're, you're a creator and you're in the music. And... Um, but um, I do get the sense that probably there are just a whole lot of people. Music means a lot to them, but they're clueless how it's made. They generally don't dance very well. They're, they're not into it as something that they themselves could create. Um, even and you know, and I have a feeling kids are more likely than adults to burst into song. 
and that you know there's a there's probably something being lost if we can't um, get the you know the you know get them when they're the burst into song age and help them to learn how to burst into song with greater sophistication. It seems like most people, regardless of how unbelievably intensely into music they were <laughs> as teenagers, um, sort of just stop caring that much about it as they get yeah. older, or, or at least they care about it in a different way. Um, yeah. Why do you think that happens? Well, you know, I'm, I'm a very bad example. Since I'm still, <laughs> hey, you I know. know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, you can't really um, speak from personal experience here. And um, actually, I got into an interesting argument with Chuck Eddie about it, where I think he kind of convinced me that I was what I was saying was actually um, I was at a park and. Um, you know, this is in the early 90s, I think it was 1992, and, you know, there was some, um, you know, there was a black family, um, and the adults were definitely into the music, the music was playing on the radio, but the adults were chipping in and all that, and um, then, you know, there's some white people on the other end of the park, and um, there was music on, and it's almost kind of like they weren't involved in it. And, you know, I I forget, um, I should probably send you, I actually wrote about it in my passing job ballot, but um, it was something also where it seemed to me that the kids, that music was aimed for teenagers, and they were thinking, you know, those things things that... um, you know, that it's almost still kind of like even the singers in their early 20s, like P.J. Harvey and so forth, um, there was still some sense in which they were kind of playing the role of adolescent and that there didn't seem to be popular music, didn't really seem to have a, a viable adulthood, especially for white people. Um, and that... Um, Chuck was saying he was he immediately started going to over telling me about all his friends who they went to this concert, they went to this that concert, you know, they weren't music critic people at all. They were just people living their life and they really looked forward to um you know, to this thing, that one. They were always the, they always had the radio on. It just wasn't the music that came out that year. And what struck me was, yes, it was the music that came out when they were a teenager. So uh, a lot of things to unpack there. I hope you could actually understand what he was saying. Uh, My apologies there for the, uh, you know, kind of uh, electro-grime quality of that. Um, But uh, first of all, let me just ask you, what's the first pop music that you can remember hearing? Alex? Oh, yeah, which Alex? Sorry. (laughs) You go first, I'll think of something. Yeah, the Lex, let's say. Um, The first music I remember hearing of was I Think I Should Be So Lucky, but I didn't realize it was a pop song. I thought it was just, I didn't realize why people were singing it in the playground. The Kylie Minogue song? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't really realize that pop music existed at that point. Um, So, what did you think it was? Just. Something that, that was there. Kids were singing in the playground. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. But the first song I remember hearing as a pop song and loving um, was "I Love Your Smile" by Shanice. Okay, I don't. I have not. Yeah, I don't know. I've never. I did. Have you guys heard of that? Heard yeah, that song? It's a great song. I oh, really, yeah? really, really loved that. In All like right. Ninety-two. Ninety-one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and it was the first song I can't remember where I heard it or why I suddenly realized the radio existed, and therefore heard it through the, through the radio but it's the first song that i sort of remember hearing like needing to hear again yeah 
I mean, I, I think I was listening to like Ozzy Osbourne at that point, but uh, I don't know. Uh, so, Alex Campbell. Hi. Um, <laughs> my memory is poor, but and so I think possibly. Well, this seems late because this would be like eighty-seven. I would have been seven by then, and but I should have had memories before that. But something like uh, Belinda Carlisle or Tiffany mm. or um, Pet Shop Boys always in my mind, in my house, in my car. That's and and where, where, where would you have heard it? Oh, and very, very uh, evocative of the roller disco in the local sports hall. Oh, man, that's yeah, good. Yeah, play me that song and I'm back in the roller disco wearing my primary coloured roller skates falling over. So that, there is something about the, the kind of music they play at roller discos, isn't there? I mean, yeah. in, in, when I was growing up, it was, um, it, was, uh, it was really, I love rock and roll. It was like, that's, that's what, mm-hmm. when I hear that, it's like, sends me right back. Back to the disco, yeah. the roller disco. Magnus. Uh, I guess, actually, I had this strange um, period of cognitive dissonance. I've got an older sister, and she was really into pop. And it was of vital importance to me that I didn't like anything she liked. (laughs) (laughs) But I really liked, uh, I was very young, uh, a song by Kajagoogoo called Too Shy. And that's the first one I can remember sort of actually thinking, I really like this song. And I'd go to school, and I'd sing it with my schoolmates. And and kind of like, we'd we'd go out to each other and go, Too Shy, Shy. And uh, your school, that, so your yeah. schoolmates liked it, and that was yeah, a big part yeah, of absolutely. Yeah, there, yeah. There, there's a community about it. And then I'd go home, and when my sister put it on, I'd go, "Oh, Kaja Goo Goo, no!" Oh, and you were like, "Yes." <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you've you've brought in uh, a song here, Magnus. Um, don't tell us what it is. Uh, I know you, you've asked me to sort of cue it up to a certain spot, but I, you know what? I didn't write it down, so I think we're just going to have to listen to it right from the beginning. Uh, is, is, this, that right? is this my first ever single? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's give it a listen. This is Magnus's song. Well, here I am in my tubby again, and my tubby's all filled with water and nice fluffy suds. And I've got my soap and washcloth to wash myself, and I've got my nifty scrub brush to help me scrub my back, and I've got a big fluffy towel to dry myself when I'm done. But there's one other thing that makes tubby time the very best time of the whole day. And do you know what that is? It's a very special friend of mine. My very favorite little pal. Oh, rubber ducky, you're the one. You make bath time lots of fun. Rubber ducky, I'm awfully fond of you. Bo bo rubber ducky, joy of joys. When I squeeze you, you make noise. Rubber Ducky, you're my very best friend, it's true. Oh, every day when I make my way to the tubby, I find a little fella who's cute and yellow and chubby. Rubber Dub Dubby, Rubber Ducky, you're so fine, and I'm lucky that you're mine. Rubber Ducky, I'm awfully fond of you. Hey, Rubber Ducky, would you like me to scrub your back with my nifty little scrub brush? You would? Okay, how's this? Hey, you want me to scrub behind your ears? Oh, I see. You don't have any ears, do you? Well, how about your tummy? Scrub his little ducky tummy. Ooh, he's ticklish. Okay, okay, uh, wow, okay, wow. Well, <laughs> when I make my way to the yeah, um, <laughs> well, I say, uh, 
They say that uh, you don't choose your first single, your first single chooses you. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm outraged by that song. <laughs> when I squeeze you, you make noise. Far more scandalous. Yes. Far more scandalous than watching laptops and benzes for your ninth birthday. I didn't know. You, I didn't think you had Sesame Street over here. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was uh, uh, it was my killer argument for not going to a Saturday music music uh, Saturday morning music school. Yeah. They said, "What do you do on Saturday mornings?" I said, "I watch Sesame Street," and I confidently assumed that that was my application rejected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you then have to go to? I then went to music school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Well, um, we're, we're, uh, we've got about uh, 15 minutes here to go on the program, and uh, if we don't act quickly, I'm not going to get to play you my song, um, which, you know what? It doesn't really fit in any of these categories, but I don't care because, uh, you know, I like it a lot. So uh, here it is. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Uh, here it is. So that was Kathleen Hanna there uh, doing her cover of a Ben Lee song. Ben Lee was uh, in a band called Noise Addict, and he wrote that song when he was 14 years old, I think. And the song is about 
Evan Dando. But then it gets of the Lemonheads. But then it gets a little, a little funny because Kathleen Hanna, you know, singing as a boy, wanting to be like another boy. And she's kind of doing the Bart Simpson thing where it's like it's voiced by a girl, but it sort of sounds like a boy, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't there's, know. There's an interesting sort of theme there, and it's a girl wanting to be a boy because yeah. it almost, almost ties into the whole tomboy thing. And then, and then she, and, had a tom- tomboy, I get that impression. Yeah, 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 totally. And, and then she has the lyric, and, and he thinks he can be a girl better than me. So it's, so it's, a, little, <laughs> so it's well, a little complicated. Evan Dando was an indie boy, and indie boys are worse as it makes sense. And, and he had very long hair. Um, yeah. Uh, time. I don't but, get the big biceps lyric because I don't remember Evan Dando having big biceps. <laughs> Are you paying that much attention to Evan Dando? Ever? Enough. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, we, we actually have. Uh, I, I was. I was mistaken. We actually have a little bit more time here, and it's, so there's something that I'd like to do. We've been given a mystery package uh, by. By well, I'm not going to say who it's by, but uh, this package supposedly. Oh, that was easy. Um, <laughs> this. Contains, yeah, and it's true, it does. Contains a CD here. I'm going to open this up. And uh, the CD contains snippets of songs. Now, we're going to have to do this kind of rapid fire here. But uh, it contains snippets of songs, and I believe the idea our mystery gift giver had, let's just open this up here, um, is that we're, we're going to try to guess the age. You know, well, we were saying we would have never known if Will, you know, that Willow Smith was actually nine or that Miss Dynamite was uh, 13, 14, yeah, 13. Uh, but, uh, you know, so this gives us a chance to sort of, you know, redeem ourselves here. Um, now, give a listen to this. Okay, uh, anybody got any ideas? 12. Yeah, I'd go 12. 12, all right. Um, On average, 12. Okay. Uh, she, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, you're all wrong. You're actually, you're actually a bit under. This is, she's 14. She's 14. Uh, Sh- uh, Shaheem thinks her name, uh, mm. a.k.a. The Rugged Child. Uh, that song's called On and On. I remember him. Uh, it's the first. It's on. It's uh, I don't know the notes that our mystery gift giver says here. It says he's the youngest Wu Tang member. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, right. haven't heard of, I haven't thought about him for years. <laughs> yeah. Well, and apparently he carried on to an adult career of moderate success. Woohoo! <laughs> kindly, kindly says our uh, our mystery gift giver. Now let's listen to the number two. Okay, I'm going to give you a little hint here. One of uh, loads of teenage ska rock seti singers' uh, adult career includes setting up uh, an African Museum label. That's the name of the label, African Museum, with the great Gregory Gregory Isaacs. uh, Big UK hit in uh, his late 20s with OK Fred. Who is it and how old? (laughs) No idea. I'll guess 11. I have no idea who it is. 15. Yeah, I'm, I'm going older. Yeah, 15. 13, 13, right in the middle, right in the middle. We're, 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 we're homing in here. Um, now let's, uh, let's try, the, you know, let's, let's see if this little CD thing works again. Anybody recognize that? Aztec camera. Yes, yes. Very good, Alex. Very, very good. <laughs> 
Yes, indeed. That was Aztec Camera. Um, and do you know who, who's singing there? Ronnie Frame? Yes! Yes, very good. Any 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 guesses on uh, on the age? I thought he was an adult. Yeah, twenty two. Uh, His voice broke. Okay, he's he's fifteen, right there. Very good. No, you're looking at my piece of paper, aren't you? I'm actually not. Very I saw good. You had a piece of paper. And wow. I looked away. That was good. Yeah, the, our mystery uh, gift giver's writing is, I think, probably impossible to decipher. Yeah, I've seen that writing before. It's in. It's, there's no way. <laughs> well, that 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 uh, that was that was excellent. Right on the nose, Alex. Um, I'll pick up my prize after the show. Yeah. You. Uh, oh, uh, sure. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. We'll we'll talk. Um, okay. Our our ne- our next song. Here it is. Okay, well, it sounded pretty English to me. Uh, it's not like Estelle or someone like that. So no. I need a couple of sort of grime kids who are underage, obviously Tinji Shire and Ice Kid. I don't think it's either of them. Mm, nope, nope. I'll give you some um, some hints. Uh, he released a grime LP this year, uh, and he's the son of one of Task Force. Oh, well, in that case, no. <laughs> <laughs> Lex? Magnus? Do do you want us to guess his age? Yeah, guess the age. Nine. Ooh, okay. Thirteen? Two. (laughs) (laughs) You're not even trying now. You've got got your prize and you're going to go home. I don't care. Uh, Magnus was closest, age ten. It's Remus. It's a kid named Remus. Uh, Well done. Yeah, well, anyway, there you go. Uh, Next one. Okay, any ideas about that one? I feel that's something people would expect me to know, but I haven't got a clue. 16. I don't know who the artist was. Something from the 80s. Yeah, definitely. 1986. Um, I I would have, if I didn't know it was a a quiz about young people, I would have said like 18, 19, something like that. Right. I think our mystery gift giver was thinking this was going to be more of a fake out than it was. (laughs) Um, It's a trick question. This man is 23 years old. It's uh, Big Pink Cake by... Oh God, I can't read this. Big Pink Cake by, dude. Uh, I want to say Razor Nuts. Um, this can't be right. The razor Cuts. Razor Cuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you have you heard of of them? Yeah, I believe I. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't sound like a recommendation. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just. I can't remember anything right now. Um, we've got uh, one final song here, um, and uh, just give this a listen and uh, whoop, see what you think. Any ideas? Um, I'm going to have to disqualify myself from this one because you held the answer in front of my face while you were reading out Raisin Nuts. <laughs> okay, now we try and read Magnus's mind. <laughs> okay, it wasn't, it wasn't, again, right, for clarity, it wasn't Razor Nuts. 
<laughs> it was <laughs> don't don't perpetuate the myth. I'm sorry, razor cuts. I'm sorry. The razor cuts. It's a lovers rock classic. I think you can probably tell that already. Nineteen seventy six. Um is it by Genesis? <laughs> <laughs> The Lex, the Lex. Oh, that's the only clue I got here. I, you know, the mystery gift giver didn't didn't have a whole lot of bullet points for this one. Nineteen seventeen. No, fourteen. Louisa Marks caught you in a lie. Um. So now we've got we've got a choice here. We listen to uh, Shaheem, Errol uh, Dunkley, "Love Me Forever." Uh, that was the rock steady thing. Um, Aztec Camera, "Just Like Gold." Task Force featuring Remus, Razor Cuts, the Razor Cuts, uh, and Louisa Marks. Now, which one of these songs would you like to hear again? Which was the best? This is, I mean, and I'm going to get, I'm going to get a minimum of three votes on this poll, <laughs> which I'm very, very happy about. I like. Was it Remus? Yeah, I, I want Remus. Remus going to date for Shaheem. But... Oh, outvoted! <laughs> outvoted! Two, two of you guys are going for. Uh, are going for Remus. So that, that means I'm going to go 7, 8, 9, 10. So I think that if we put it on this one, it ought to go. Yeah, I'm Remus. And I'm a good MC. And I'm better than all you. And I'm going to tell you, I'm sick of all these MCs who are getting depressed because they ain't getting good. They won't even get up off their backside. I'll show you something better. Listen. I'm Tim now, rapping in the playground I'ma stay clever, Remus forever Under a soldier, enter the terror dome Spit them lyrics as I'm walking on the way home Rappers get wrong I'm a class force battle cap, matrix the stage Tricks like an acrobat, swerve from the bullets Move like Neo, Yu-Gi-Oh! Slice mics like Lionel, crybabies Big man, Freddy cats Smash the streets and shake down your block of flats Hats off, bruh, look at the youngster Watch rap cats run away from the monster Shut your ears, lads Lift up your spirits Wipe your eyes, y'all Who's in the call of the one? It's not eight miles A child with a mission and too much sound Sleepy Holloway is the manner I stay Headless horseman on harvest estate Take out rappers, two times older, crushed like boulders on a rollover. Sat at the table, checked your position, and laughed out loud at my new opposition. Remus, one of life's daydreamers. Stop falling and sending the cleaners. Fix it up now, this ain't playtime, this is serious. Well, that, is, uh, that is all the time we have. A big thanks to our guests. Alex Campbell, Magnus Anderson, and Alex. Uh, next week you'll be hearing uh, Peter Barron, Al Ewing, and others. The watchword, I'm told, will be safety. Uh, as always, we'll be dropping science and picking it back up again, so you don't have to. We'll leave you with the Pointer Sisters. I'm Elisha. Goodbye. Six.